everyone, and welcome to the New Visionary Podcast, a podcast for artists who are ready to reach greater heights in their art careers. I'm your host, Victoria J. Fry, founder of Visionary Art Collective and New Visionary Magazine. Join me for inspiring conversations with some of the most inspirational visionaries in today's art world. Let's jump in. Welcome back. Today we are chatting with the amazing Tara Esperanza, a visual artist based in Oakland, California. And I'm really looking forward to learning more about Tara and her journey as a painter, what she's working on now, and all of the fun things we're going to learn. So welcome, Tara. Thank you so much for joining today. Thank you so much for having me. It's really great to be here. You are so welcome. And I know you are coming to us today from sunny California in Oakland, which is so beautiful. I was lucky enough to live there for a few years in my early 20s. Um, But I want to just start by diving in and asking you a little bit about your journey as an artist. Where did it start for you? Yes. uh, At a very young age, um, I always loved making art and creating things and knew very early on that I wanted to pursue art in life. And I did go to college for fine art and graduated with bachelor's degree back in 1995. Yeah, I basically have a long journey, but after college moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico and to chase the light and landscape and was really inspired by the West growing up on the East Coast. And I lived in Santa Fe for 13 years and It was a challenging time for me in Santa Fe as an emerging artist and very different time in the art world in general, really reliant on gallery representation to be an artist and whatnot. So I ended up working in restaurants like most artists do. (laughs) Eventually, fast forward, my creativity moved into food and I started an organic ice cream company. And that was just another creative medium while I still painted on the side. Um, Then I started the business in Santa Fe and then eventually moved the business to California. The business was really creative to start with, but then running a business is not the same as like inventing flavors and mixing ingredients and being inspired. So Needless to say, the business took me away from pursuing my art career for a while. I bootstrapped it. I worked really hard to keep it afloat. And yeah, eventually in 2008, I moved to California and then 10 years passed and I had real life change moment in 2018 and decided that I needed to really pursue my art as well instead of just pushing it aside. So here I am. (laughs) And since 2018, I have found better life balance in running my business and also focusing on my art and showing my art. That's amazing. I mean, thank you for sharing a little bit about your journey with us. And I, I know that whenever I ask this question, it's really challenging to summarize your entire creative journey in just a few minutes. Um, but, you know, it does give us an insight into how things have kind of unfolded for you. A question that I had for you, because, you know, when I first came across your work a few years ago, I was so taken back by your your subject matter. And I think that when I first came across one of your paintings, I actually thought it was a photograph. 
Um, oh. And then I, and then moments later, I, you know, read the caption or something like that and realized that it was, um, it was in fact a painting. And so I want to dive into what you are actually working on and focusing on in your art. I know that you are deeply inspired by the landscape and the plant life in Northern California and just in the West in general. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be your primary focus? Absolutely. Um, I started painting succulents actually because I was commissioned and a friend had a particular image that was a succulent. She didn't even know what type it was. She just really responded to this image, but she wanted a painting, not, um, you know, a, a big print of a photograph of someone not meaningful or whatever. So she reached out to me and said, I know, you know, this isn't what you're doing. I was painting about Mexico and I had been painting about Mexico for many years. Uh, so she asked me if I would be interested and I said, yes, absolutely. And it was quite a challenge for me. It was also a particular plant that is just green, bluish, color. And of course, there's many variations of color within that, you know, look deep and you find the pink. But but for me, I had been painting about colorful Mexico, which was like many different colors. And to, to have to keep it within one tonal range, one color range um, and the tones within that, that was really a challenge. And then also the subject matter. But I really fell in love and I started searching for that particular plant on my dog walks, on my runs, and just there are succulents everywhere in the Bay Area. They grow like it's a perfect climate for them, and they're just very abundant. So I was always searching, and in the process of looking for that one plant, I just kept discovering more and more that I was drawn to and inspired by and loved and really started feeling the plant personalities and getting really deep into the variety and wanting to know more about them all. And so I thought initially I would just paint that one painting and go back to painting about Mexico. I actually was working on a painting that I stopped to do the commission. And I thought I'd just finish that and keep going. But I finished that Mexico painting and then I kept going to succulents and I haven't stopped. And it wasn't initially, you know, an intention to just stick on this subject matter, but there's so much within the subject that I feel I just keep discovering new, new plants and more inspiration. And, and I feel like even though I've had two solo exhibitions, they're all succulents, but there's so much variety even within, you know, one body of work. So Absolutely. I mean, it's so fascinating to hear you speak about it. I always love when, like, hearing artists um, talk about their work because it's so different than reading about it on their website or in their social media captions. But when they actually, like, hearing you actually describe what it means to you and what led you to focus on succulents is just really cool. It, like, it... I'm envisioning your work now as you're talking about it, and I'm even starting to, you know, see it slightly differently based on what you're, kind of how you're describing it, um, which is so important. And I mean, I have seen over the last couple of years your 
the collection of succulents just grow and expand. And I've seen the variety kind of increase and, um, and they're just absolutely gorgeous. And I mean, I kind of have a sort of a technical question for you, which is like, how long, cause they're so detailed. How long does it typically, <laughs> and this is kind of irrelevant too. I'm mostly just curious, but like, what is your process for actually making one of the paintings and how long does it usually take you? They vary. I mean, they're, they're medium to large. I don't go over 54 inches in any direction because then it won't fit in my vehicle. <laughs> I bought my car to actually fit large paintings because I was renting cars to like go to exhibitions and move work around. Um, but so the largest is 54, but they do get pretty big in size. So it can take a month to two. And keep in mind, I'm still running my business tires organic ice cream. And so I do a lot. So I don't work, you know, five days a week, eight hour shifts. I'm sometimes working till two in the morning or, you know, on my days off, it's yeah, whatever I work it in when I, as I can, I do have a pretty good schedule, but um, yeah. So it ranges from about a month to two months. I mean, it doesn't surprise me just because of how detailed and lifelike they are. I mean, you know, as I said, the detail is just really, really stunning. And I think one thing that really captured me was the, your color palette and how you are able to replicate the, the colors that are so true to succulents. Like, I remember just on a personal level, I think I connected to your work because when I moved to California when I was in my early 20s, I had never even seen succulents before, or I, I actually felt like when I arrived in California that I was landed on a different planet <laughs> because of the plant life. Like I couldn't believe it. There were, you know, huge, some succulents that were like bigger than me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, am I still on planet earth? Like, where am I? It was so crazy. And I was, I can totally understand, especially because, you know, you mentioned you are from the East coast originally when you are exposed to that kind of climate, which is just so different than what we mm -hmm. have here in New York or, you know, where you grew up in Boston, it really is just kind of breathtaking. You've never mm -hmm. seen anything like it. It's very otherworldly. And I think you capture that so well in your paintings. Thank you. I definitely, when I initially got that commission and I started paying more attention, I realized, wow, I, I had my dog passed away but at the time she was alive and I thought I've been walking her on these streets like twice a day for how many years? And I, I walked by these certain plants so many times and never noticed their beauty. And now, you know, they're screaming at me everywhere I go. And it's, it's just, yeah. It, and that's the thing with my work is I want people to stop and pay attention. And, and that's the greatest gift is when someone tells me that, you know, now I see succulents so much more now that I've noticed your work and like they, they really are so abundant and, and I just, yeah, I'm super inspired. And so literally I'm also a long distance runner and they stop me in my tracks and <laughs> I, my process you asked is I photograph them, everything I paint, I actually see in nature and People are really sweet and send me 
images of succulents. Oh, I'm thinking of you and I see this and I love that. But everything that I actually create comes from me, not um, an image shared with me, except for the original commission. That was (laughs) the one exception. Um, But I basically just log images of succulents and one piece will just kind of lead to the next so I start with an image, but I'm not trying to be photorealistic. I definitely bring in my own creative freedom and language. So yes, they do look like realistic, like the photo, but they're not photorealistic. Does that make sense? It totally does. Yeah. Because I can still see some painterly qualities in your work and I can, you know, when you look close, you can see the brush strokes and you can see that it is a painting, which I also just love. And I start with an image and I usually zoom in. I mean, my whole inspiration is shifting perspective and and offering a new perspective and getting deep into the plants and sort of the bee's perspective. So I usually start with an image and then zoom in and find an interesting composition. And then that will decide the dimensions of the piece from, from that. I will, you know, blow it up and multiply it and then see how far I want to go scale wise. And then from there, I draw it out on the canvas all by hand. And then I start, I put a base color and then build up the paint um, from my drawing on the canvas. And so it's really rough to start. And then I just develop it and get more detailed and more throughout. And I paint all over the canvas. It blows my mind when I see artists that do such realistic work, like section by section. I, I just, I, I mix all my colors. Nothing comes right out of the jar. It's everything that I apply to my canvas is mixed. So I tend to mix and paint as I go and so I'll use that color all over this, the surface as I'm mixing it. And then and it eventually becomes a painting of a succulent. Well, I have to tell you that that's also how I learned to paint. And so when I watch these videos, which are so fascinating to watch, by the way, of artists painting in sections and you start to see it slowly kind of come to life. I'm so mesmerized because I also learned to paint where it's like, you know, you move from general to specific. So you're blocking in colors and then you get gradually more and more detailed as you go. So I never learned that uh, technique that I see. And I know that that is uh, somewhat specific to photorealism or portrait painters who are painting in a very realistic way. But I also don't know if I could paint like that, even if I was trained. Like, I, like yes, I would be, cap- be capable of it, but I don't know if I personally could. Like, like I'm such a messy painter, and I kind of love just, you know, like splashing the paint around and getting it all over the canvas. And I don't know. I think that's just part of the process and part of the fun of it too. But one thing I wanted to mention that uh, as you were speaking actually became more clear to me, which is I feel like your work is kind of about, at least how I interpret it, um, it's obviously more than just these beautiful succulents. It's, I feel kind of like a, a slowing down as you were describing and noticing mm-hmm. things that we tend to pass by because mm-hmm. it's true. Like when I was living in California, 
I was so mesmerized by the plant life, but you know, by the third, fourth, fifth year I lived there, you just, it becomes part of your everyday life. And you, like anything, you just start to walk past it without noticing. And so I feel like by zooming in on the succulents and enlarging them to such a, you know, some of your paintings are quite big, you really are just celebrating these beautiful, but also very common plants that you can just mm -hmm. easily pass by on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think there's something so beautiful and profound about that. It's the micro-macro thing when some of the plants can be so teeny. And when you really look in close and get deep within it, you see, you know, this amazing form and range of colors. And I think a lot of people, when they think succulents, they think maybe an aloe or like, you know, a green succulent, a zebra plant or something, uh, jade, or, you know, they don't really recognize or, or realize the whole range within that own species of plants. Uh, and that to me is so amazing. And sometimes, yes, they are as big as we are. And then sometimes they're just teeny, teeny, teeny. Uh, but I, I feel like, I don't know, they speak to me in a way and they almost have humanistic qualities about them. I feel that we can learn from the plants in a way. And I do try to, um, my work shares their language and sh sort of, um, shows how we can be in a way, how we can be better by being more like the plants, you know, the resilience, the community, the support, the range of color, the the change of seasons, the endurance, the they don't need a lot to survive and they're so forgiving. So in a way, people that also say they don't have a green thumb or they can't, they kill plants. <laughs> you can probably keep a succulent alive because <laughs> they're so, so forgiving. Um, I, I mean, I've even, I, I love beheading them because then <laughs> they grow more. <laughs> they then have three heads when it grows back. And so it's amazing. I've discarded sticks that I, you know, cleaned up plants and threw sticks in my yard. And now I have a huge aeonium shrub and it grows back with multi, like half red, half green. And it's just amazing. They're so amazing. And so it's also a way that people can bring them indoors and they don't ever have to water them and they can just enjoy them for life. No, totally. It, it's, they really are like, such unique plants. I mean, even as you're speaking, I'm just remembering that my fiance and I, we had a tiny little succulent that we put in some soil and now it has grown into like four or five, you know, it's quadrupled and it's massive. We keep getting bigger and bigger pots. And I'm like, at some point we'll have to just, you know, cap it because if it's just continuing to grow bigger and bigger and it's like really beautiful and cool to watch, but it's it's so incredible. And I just love that you are, I, I love what you said about we can learn from plants. And I actually, I think that's so true. And it's something that I've really started to lean into in my own art practice. I've, for the past six months, I've really been kind of obsessed with painting trees, which I never planned or thought would happen. It just, I, I stumbled upon painting trees and became really obsessed with 
focusing on like tree branches. And I realized that it was because I felt this stillness when I was painting the trees. And I really started to, as you know, you become so close to the subject that you're painting because you spend so much time with it and you're seeing it from so many different angles. So you start to see it in a new way. And I realized the more and more that I was painting trees and branches that, you know, trees are so resilient and they stay rooted. And no matter what, you know, which way the winds are blowing, they just stand tall. And I actually really started to learn a lot from that. And and I kind of had a mantra, <laughs> you know, on days where I was feeling particularly, um, you know, whatever it was, like anxious or just feeling like I could break at any moment. I just tried to channel that energy of the tree that I was painting and remember and remind myself that nature is so beautiful because of the way it it just, like you said, it's very resilient plants and trees and they just stay rooted and they stay grounded and they have an ability to just endure. And it's like, we can all learn from that. You know, it's such a beautiful gift that we can take away from our surroundings. Absolutely. And I love that your connection with trees and your work and that's beautiful. And that's when you make your most honest work, right? Is when you're, it moves through you in that way. And that's the same with my paintings. I, I can only paint one painting. I call myself a monogamous painter because I can only do one at a time. I'm in awe of people that can work on multiple paintings at a time. But as you said, it's, I get so close with the subject and it's just such a deep focus that I can't even, I even, my studio is ridiculously clean because and my walls are white because I, I want no distractions. Like my focus is my easel. So everything around me is white except for the plants in my room. But that's probably so helpful, you know, to your process. To, and I, I think that's really helpful as well. I also, I mean, I have a lot happening in my studio because it also doubles as our office for VAC. But I do, I have gotten kind of into this rhythm where I can only paint against the white wall. Even on an easel, for some reason lately, has just been like challenging. Like it actually, the paintings need to be on the white wall for me to really see the colors and see how everything is kind of... Um, coming along, but oh, I love that so much. Well, okay. So I, I want to shift gears slightly because I have another question. I have a few more questions for you, but one of them is I want you know, you mentioned that you've had two solo exhibitions, which I've also seen just from following you on social media. And I wanted to ask, how has it been for you building your art career in the Bay area? Um, how has it been in terms of finding opportunities in terms of getting traction connecting with, you know, collectors and galleries? Um, has it been sort of a slow unfolding? I know every artist's journey is so different. So I'm always curious to hear about how, you know, how it kind of has happened and how has it gone for you? Well, 2018 is when I had that real life check moment and decided to shift my focus I also made a conscious decision at that time to really get involved in the local art community and find my people and and build my own community. I had just been, you know, back and forth from home and Tower's Organic Ice Cream for so many years. So I I 
started going to openings, showing up at artist talks, going to um, studio visits and, and that sort of helped propel me. Uh, And you got to do the work and apply to things. I started showing a lot and, but yes, I, I was, you know, putting in the time to apply and getting no's, but getting yeses too. Uh, so then in 2020, I joined Mercury 20 Gallery, is an artist-run gallery in Oakland, and that has been really great. Uh, I found my people, and I that is where I've had the two uh, solo exhibitions, and I have another one coming up this year. Uh, but... I'd say that the Bay Area is really eclectic and vibrant art art community. Uh, it's very expansive. There's a lot of galleries and a lot of artists, and it's a really, I don't know, wonderful and supportive community. I've found since I've been a part of Mercury 22, it's, you know, these extended circles that overlap and yeah, I finding my collectors and it's just having being active and being out there and keeping myself visible and showing up for other artists too is part of it. You know, you can't just be an artist in, in your own little studio space and office and, you know, thrive. <laughs> you've, you've got to get involved and, and support other artists if you want to be supported too. And so, yeah, I guess just showing up and, you know, just doing the work, putting in the time and you're being an artist is, I it's, I call myself an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur and an artist and an artist entrepreneur. So entrepreneur and (laughs) it's work, you know, you got to approach it as a professional, if that's the outcome you want, if you want an art career, you have to treat it like work. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. And also with finding your community, which I've spoken about in so many podcast episodes, it's actually something that just comes up so much when I'm having these conversations with artists is the importance of finding your community because we are creating work alone in our studios most of the time. And, mm-hmm. and some artists tell me, well, well, I prefer it that way. But actually, <laughs> and, and it is a beautiful and special thing. Don't get me wrong. I think we all just like really relish the time we have alone in our studios to focus mm-hmm. on our work. But you have to balance that out with being part of a community of artists. Because for so many reasons, like for the support and also you're so much more likely to hear about opportunities and to, you know, come up with new ideas. And, you know, you might meet a group of artists where you decide to put on your own show, you know, or like curate your own group exhibit. Like there's just so many possibilities when you are actively involved with others, you know, other creatives Mm -hmm. and engaging with them on a consistent basis. So I could not agree more with that point. I think it's absolutely vital to your growth as an artist. For sure. And even I I can be very shy about um, talking to strangers and things. And I'm not 
I have stage fright big time. I'm not, but part of my effort in, you know, getting out and supporting other artists, I mentioned going to studio visits. That was a big deal for me. I was actually really intimidated by the idea. And then I saw an artist, a local artist that I follow on Instagram, and she did a post and said that that was her new year resolution in 2018 was to have to meet more artists and like have more studio visits and opened up and I DM'd her and she welcomed me to her studio and she's amazing. And I continue to follow her and I've visited her a few times at her studio, but like that for me was a big deal. And then getting to, you know, talk to other artists and listen to their stories and hear how they got so many no's. And here I am perceiving them as the super successful artists and, when you can connect with other artists and hear their stories and realize like yours, isn't that, I mean, we're all different, but there isn't one way to go down this path. And when you hear other people's colorful experiences and it's super inspiring. Well, for me, it was to recognize also I just turned 50. So I, you know, had goals of an art career for decades, you know, and now, and like I went down the path of my business and that was wonderful. And initially it was supposed to support me to be an artist, but I just wasn't ever really funded. I bootstrapped it. So I was always struggling. And so it didn't really give me that financial support, but it gave me the life experience. And, and my point is like now going back at, in 2018, forging this new path, I felt like really old and and out of touch with the art world at this time. And so I felt like, you know, I don't know, everyone was so young and, and vibrant and, you know, doing their art stuff and seeming successful. And I felt like I was so behind because I was off track. I mean, I was making art, but I wasn't trying to show my art for so long. So I felt like really old and out of touch. And anyway, meeting other artists and hearing their stories, it was really inspiring for me to recognize that you're never too old to chase your dreams. And and I had to, it reminded me that I needed to live this life that I've lived to be making the work I'm making now. And even though, you know, I was like a big gap from school to like pursuing the career time, it was the right time for me in my life. And hearing other people's stories and talking to other artists really helped validate and give me the courage to keep going. So it is really important in ways that people can't even know at the time. Like I wasn't thinking about that at the time. I was just thinking about, I need to get to know other artists. I need to see what people are making. I need to get familiar with the local galleries. I need to, you know, support other artists and go to receptions and talks and those things just to fill me up for my work, but I didn't know like the range of impact that would have on me. So I encourage all artists to just support other artists because it comes back around. 
It does. And thank you so much for sharing that. Like you've raised so many important points. And one of them is that it is never too late. I mean, truly, like you can put your work on hold for years, but the most important thing is that you go back and like you were saying, you were still making the work and it you just had a hiatus from showing it, but that's okay because you can see now that you needed to take that time and you needed to have those life experiences to really get to where you are. And I truly believe in, you know, divine timing, not to get super like woo-woo, but too. yeah, it's, it's, it's very real. And you have to just think like anytime you have a thought where you're like, Oh, if I just started this sooner, if I just, why didn't I jump into this three years ago? I mean, sometimes I even have moments like that with VAC where I'm like, why didn't I start this when I was like 24 or 25? You know, why did I wait till I was almost 30? But then I have these moments where I'm like, I was not ready then. I didn't have the life experience then. I needed those years. I needed my 20s to really mm-hmm. immerse myself in the art world and have those experiences that I can now bring to my company today. It would not be what it is right now if I started it um, when I was, you know, 24 years old. And you just have to remind yourself that everything is working out for you in the in, in the time that it is supposed to. So yes. I think the most important thing, the lesson here is just to go back. And because what makes me so sad is when I see artists, and I haven't luckily seen too much of this. But when artists or just creatives in general decide at some point to just give up and they completely stop making the work or writing those short stories or doing whatever it is that they love and they just completely, you know, and maybe for some of them that's what they need, but it doesn't matter if you, you know, I always reference Alma Thomas who, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with her as well, but like she didn't start painting seriously until she was in her late 60s, early 70s. And her first, Mm -hmm. you know, big exhibit was when she was 81 at the Whitney Museum. And so we just have to remind ourselves that we do have time. And the most important thing, if you have stepped away from your art career for many years and you're feeling that call to return, just listen to that, you know, Mm -hmm. because maybe now it's your time, but maybe it wasn't two or three or five years ago. An important lesson. So thank you for sharing that with us. And let's see. I I wanted to ask you a little bit more about um, Tara's organic ice cream because I think I love that you use the term artpreneur. It's a term that I often use as well. (laughs) And really being an artist requires so much entrepreneurship, you know. Mm -hmm. It is really an entrepreneurial endeavor. But it sounds like you're in a place now where you're kind of balancing both, but it took you you know, some time to get to that point. Cause I, I mean, I just know from starting BAC, when you start a company, it is like a huge, huge thing. (laughs) It requires many hours, but do you feel like you're in a place now where things are really balanced and you're feeling good or like how, where would you say you're at now? Yes. Uh, well now, okay. The pandemic was horrible, but great. (laughs) I know. Um, 2018, I had two locations. I sold one in 2018, which was part of that big life change time, uh, letting go. And that freed up more time for me for balance and art. But when the pandemic hit, I was open seven days a week 
10 hours a day. And then we were shut down for months. And then when we reopened, I only reopened with like minor staff, two people and me. So it was, I changed the hours from uh, to Wednesday to Sunday, 12 to six. So five days a week, six hours a day, instead of seven days a week, 10 hours a day. And the thing was, well, I had such a small staff, but I also didn't want to be stuck there working the shop if somebody got sick or wasn't able to work. And so it forced me to change the way the business structure in that way. And I never went back to what it was. So now that business is closed Monday and Tuesdays so that I have art days. Like, And don't get me wrong, I respond to emails and sometimes order things and sometimes, you know, manage whatever the small tasks. But yeah, having the business only open five days a week and within hours that I'm willing to work, but I only, I work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I have someone covering the weekends and then we're closed Monday, Tuesday. So yeah. And I have an amazing manager that is my rock and I couldn't have it at all if I didn't have her. She does so much. And I have the ice cream shop, but also sell wholesale. But I have really good help. Well, and I can imagine that starting a business, even though it wasn't necessarily an art business, you know, and I think you even touched on this too, probably taught you skills that you are utilizing now as an artist, you mm-hmm. know, like I, you probably, I can imagine, I think anytime you start a business, it forces you to like put yourself out there more and like really practice some of these things that maybe we don't always naturally do, but are actually really helpful if you're pursuing an art career. Absolutely. Well, and I'm very organized and I have spreadsheets and I keep track of everything. I even, I even clock in and out in my studio. Like I, to feed the kitties, I clock out. I don't milk the clock. If I go and my husband's a painter and we both have studios in our house and I'll go in to talk to him. And then if we get in a conversation, I'm like, I'm on the clock. I gotta go. conversation's over or come in my space, but you got to talk to me while I'm working. (laughs) No, but that's so good though. There's another artist that I was working with recently who also approaches her art career in a very similar way. Like she logs her hours, she tracks everything. And so at the end of the year, she's able to see exactly how much time she put towards, you know, actually making the work, how much Mm -hmm. time she dedicated towards the administrative side of her art practice how many shows she submitted to, how many shows she participated in. Like, and I was just blown away. And all of that. Yeah. <laughs> I, but it's so important. And you you mentioned this earlier, which is you've got to approach your art career like a professional and to treat it like a job. And actually, we started a book club for VAC. And one of the first books we read was The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, which is you know, I always describe it as like a swift kick in the behind because he talks about that. I mean, oh yeah. It's for anyone who is just like, okay, I want to get serious about pursuing my art, but I need just a little bit of motivation. I highly recommend 
checking that book out because it's totally in line with what you're speaking on, which is Mm -hmm. whether you are a writer, um, a visual artist, a performing artist, like whatever your creative calling is, you've got to approach it as if you were um, like setting up a business. And Mm -hmm. in the book, Pressfield highlights the difference between like professionals and amateurs, but it's all mindset. It's, mm-hmm. it's like to approach it, to approach anything you're doing creative as a professional, you really have to treat it as if it is an actual job. And I think it's harder because we are our own bosses. And so sometimes it's easy to like cancel plans with ourselves or cancel things because it's, you know, not mm-hmm. affecting anyone else, but actually right. the artists who I know that are very successful or continuing to, or like starting to achieve more and more success in their art careers, they all have one thing in common, which is that they show up consistently. Well, I would say two things in common. One, they show up consistently. And two, they approach their work like professionals. They take it seriously and they take themselves really seriously um, and the work they're doing. And I think you need to do both of those things if you really want to build a successful and sustainable art career. So many nuggets of wisdom shared in today's episode. Thank you so much, Tara. I mean, I truly, I feel like we could probably just chat for, you know, two or three more hours, but it's probably a good place to start wrapping up our conversation. And I want to thank you so much for coming on today. It's such a pleasure to finally meet you and learn more about your work. I've been following you for years to hear about your journey. I mean, so many gems that you shared with us today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in and supporting our platform. To learn more about New Visionary Magazine, head over to visionaryartcollective.com magazine. You can order individual copies on Amazon or subscribe annually to digital issues. We also have opportunities to get featured in the magazine, so be sure to join our newsletter and follow us on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or tag us on Instagram. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.